This week on Reliving the Extreme, we are reviewing the episode of ECW from March the 7th, 1995. I am your host, Nate Maxson, along with my brother. What's up, Pejas? <laughs> and a man who is uh, in one of the matches on this week's show. We're reviewing Mr. Chad Austin. Hello. This How you week, doing? Got your receipt? And this All week, day, I don't buddy. Know if, All day. I don't, know if, I don't know if you guys know or not, but this week is actually our 100th episode of Reliving the Extreme. We have done this journey 100 times, so there you go. A little bit of history, the 100th episode Extreme, and it's been a great journey. I've had a blast doing this show. I can be taken either way, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I've had a blast doing this right. show. I can be taken either way doing the, the show. I didn't know it was the, 100, and it's good to know. So because we're at 100 episodes and we've watched 100 ECW, I had a question for you guys. It's it's a, po- a negative and a positive. And I guess we'll go back we'll go back to one of our tried and true gimmicks here on the podcast. So far in the history of ECW, Aaron, I'll start with you. Who or what has been the biggest ham bone the ECW we watched? The biggest ham bone in ECW? Yes. So far. Um, Stevie Wonderful. Yeah, he's a pretty big ham bone. He's the biggest <laughs> ham bone. Chad, who would you say has been the biggest ham bone so far? Oh, let me see. So Archie don't count? No, Archie don't count. <laughs> <laughs> um no, seriously, uh, the biggest hand bone of the show. Uh, who, who did you say, uh, Aaron? Stevie Wonderful. Oh, my God. I see. I forgot you said that because I was going to say maybe it was the dude Stevie Wonderful. Um, no, I would say it's hard to tell because I would I would like to say Herve Renesto, but he wasn't even gone. Uh, maybe Jimmy Snooker. I had I for, had uh, Jim, his, Jim, Jimmy's pretty close for TCB. Uh, yeah, Jimmy Snooker I had on the list because I had Jimmy Snooker up there because of – um. His lack of production versus like name value, you know what I mean? Yeah, he, he Jimmy Jimmy sucked up. I wrote down Hunter Q. Jimmy Robbins the third. I wrote down Hunter Q. Robbins the third as the ham bone. Uh, yeah, the turds. Uh, ham bone. Yeah, I mean there was a there was a shit ton of them. He'd be wonderful. Yeah, a whole slew of them. Johnny Hotbody. Uh, the Wolfman. <laughs> But some of them guys weren't around long enough. They didn't. They didn't stick around. But Hunter um, Q is definitely a stinky. <laughs> the, the the sweaty announcer guy, Jay Sully. Yeah, Jay Sully. <laughs> or the guy. Jay or, the guy or the guy they had for. Who was the guy they had for a couple of shows that that pitched the um the uh, road shows or the spot shows? Remember, there was a guy mm. they had. It came in and did post production work, and he would pitch some of the. Uh, would that that didn't come across on our shows, did it? Because they would have been localized. No, no, yeah, well, I don't think we saw any of that. Oh, yeah, um, that guy was a fucking ham. And why? Why is the one dude's name escaping me? Um, the guy, the long haired dude that did the like when Joey was out for a minute, they would do the. Maddie? What the fuck? What? Yeah, Maddie in the Maddie house. Man. He's pretty. He's pretty ham bone too. He's coming back. Yeah, dude. He'll be back at ninety nine. No, no shit. Does he, is he, does he still look like a fucking mechanic? He looks like a roadie for, uh, um, uh, what's that, Molly Hatchet cover band. <laughs> That's what he looks like. Polly Ratchet, yes. Um, so now that we've covered the ham bone, let's do a little bit of positive. What do you think is the um, couple of the best things that we've seen since we've watched this promotion grow? Aaron? Um, I... <laughs> It's on this, but I like I, I love fucking the box when they do this shit. Wow, I, I thought that was a great gimmick. 
And I also enjoy enjoyed the Sandman getting blind blinded deal. Like that's the real first ECW shit that I remember. <laughs> and it also brought us that great right. Tommy Cairo promo. Right. Peaches. And he's in his garden. Yeah. Tomatoes. Tomatoes. What about <laughs> what about when you're about like good stuff? And I know it didn't, it was way, way early, and I don't know how much it drew or whatever it did, but what about the Snooker Tommy Dreamer stuff? As much as I don't like putting over Dreamer, you know, being the first guy to kick out of Fly Splash or whatever. Definitely. That was I pretty mean, important. When, yeah. And what, I mean, like you said, kind of what you're alluding to, whether you really dig the guys involved or not, it was a, it was a super angle. And if you're going to, if you're going to get a guy over, that's the way to do it. Yeah, it was. A, it wasn't a bad angle. I mean, but what were they drawing back then? Probably five, six, seven hundred. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I was gonna say between four you and know? six. And then you started seeing just a little bit more of an uptick, and then it just so happened they started bringing in the Japanese guys, the wing guy. That kind of like helped a little bit. And I guess then people that came and saw that stuff kind of stayed with the product. Cause there's nothing like being in the ECW arena. I mean, I don't. You guys ain't never done it, dude. I mean, it is. It is something. It is something special. It's like being a, being at Walmart on Black Friday. <laughs> it's a madhouse. I um, I would say probably I really enjoyed the the initial angle with the the initial stuff with Terry Funk and Shane Douglas. You know, with the hotel the hotel uh, brawl. Um. I really like that stuff, and I mean, yeah, the, the the Terry Funk being professional and Shane being unprofessional. Yes, like that was the yes. whole that was the whole gist of the feud. Is Terry was like trying to be all cool to him, you know what I mean? And, and Shane's just all shitting on him and stuff. And yeah, that was pretty cool because you know the only thing that ruined that whole shot was bad. You see Ian Rotten sitting in the background. That would ruin any shot. And even though it lo- even though it looked chintzy and and everything because it was early in the promotion and they they still were using you know they hadn't upgraded any of their production or cameras or anything the king of philly stuff with eddie gilbert was early on dude that is that is the classic example that's the class remember how we always talk about while we always put like the videos and the stupid because they have no content yeah you know that was that was eddie that was eddie having content but just going i'm not putting and and I'm not putting my name on it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, look, I'm going to start us off here. I'm going to get something going, but you got to have to give me a better supporting cast than Glenn Osborne and, right. the, and yeah. the Wolfman. That's what that was like. But I bet you Eddie had a great time doing it. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I bet you he wouldn't mm-hmm. say one bad thing about having having to do that. It's like having to go to Bourbon Street. You know what I mean? Right. I got to go to Bourbon Street because. <laughs> We ain't got no material, but yeah, that was that was some shit. That was pretty good stuff. Hundred, yeah, a little bit, though, man. Oof, <laughs> rough. Mm. <laughs> you ain't kidding. Yeah, Blomo was bad. Blomo was, but Blomo was good, bad though. Blomo was oh, good, bad. Well, <laughs> Blomo, I wanted to come back. <laughs> Super Destroyer angle. The whopping. You take your mask off, and the crowd's gonna go banana. No, not at all. <laughs> the crowd's either going to go nuts or it's just not going to even know who the fuck you are. <laughs> they unmasked the Super um, Destroyer. The, the unmasked Super Destroyer was just as known as he was with a mask on. 
know, right? Well, you know, it's the Bert. same amount of places. All right. Yeah, that's Bert. Bert. Well, that Bert was Bert Ernie, apparently. <laughs> Super Destroyer Bert. <laughs> Bert. Super, de de Super Destroyer Bert Mark II. Yeah. <laughs> there he Super is. Destroyer Super Destroyer Emmanuel. Just anybody could be a big like the BWO or the NWO, the Super Destroyer Order, the Wolfman with a mask on, Bloomer with the mask on, Paul Luria, the mask all. It looks like fucking um the mask on with his negative zero, whatever his name is, in AEW where it's all loose. <laughs> he can just spin the mask around. It's like he's a he can spin his head around like it's a carnival act. The machines yeah, there not. ECW came a long way, <laughs> and, and and just since we've been doing this show, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely! It's yeah, a complete... we, went from, we went from Super Destroyer Bert to Raven. <laughs> That's all right, to Raven. Well, I mean, I mean, we got at least we got a surfer gimmick over, and it wasn't Ray Odyssey. It became the Sandman of all people. We got this great surfer. Surfer idea, you know, but he's gonna smoke cigarettes and drink beer and, and, and pimp his wife out or whatever the fuck he's doing over there. But he's a great surfer from, from New York. The world's largest surfboard. I remember that too. The gigantic surfboard angle. Yeah. The, the one that he stole from the one that he stole from a net food back in Beach Blanket Bimbo era. Frankie Avalon was coming out and chasing him after get back my stupid shit watching fucking hack try to like boogie board that fucking surfboard in the ring. That was some funny shit. <laughs> Good lord. He ain't, he, I, that's the that's the first time he was ever like on a like on a surfboard. <laughs> a, he's a fucking clown. Sam. But hey, dude, we're, we're we're getting we're getting to the Sandman, right? He's really starting to come into his own here. I, I mean, not on this show, right? Long time. Yeah. So it, so there it was. We uh, we make fun of ECW for being for we for recapping things, but we just recapped reliving the extreme, recapping reliving the extreme. But yeah, I just wanted to kind of reflect back um, over a hundred episodes here, and um, as we move into, yeah, you got to talk about Cabrini, don't. Forget the retarded kids. Ah, yes, the variety club. What, what did you call them? Oh, the variety kids. All right, I thought you had another name for them. I was like, wait a second. I called them the retarded kids. Yeah, the kids. variety. Oh, you did call them the retarded kids. Oh, the bobbleheads. <laughs> All right. The, <laughs> now we've already on, gone that route. <laughs> on their on their hayride the with sand manners. Yeah. He's all drunk and high, smoking a cigarette with a bunch of fucking lemon heads. Smoking a cigarette with a bunch of, with a bunch of lem, lemon head kids uh, with, on highly flammable hay. All these dories out here. Yeah. And there's there's Marty standing behind him just with her arms crossed, checking out all the lemon heads. Sandman's all puffing and, and he's blowing the smoke in the kid's face. He's all doing that hot box thing, whatever that is, where you clump your hands together or some shit and blow the smoke out of your mouth into the other person's mouth. Sandman's all doing it with a bunch of fucking dories. <laughs> and there's Marty just shaking her head in the background. Bringing up how much is going to, how much can we start getting uh, charging for a dory to blow smoke in your face? There's some shit. Did she not? She's been up. And Dory Funks, it's like $150 to get a breath to be standing next to Dory Funk now. 
the fuck doesn't she sell? I might book for her for just a, a raw in my house. Work. For an extra 20, he'll put his teeth just, in. I'm going to have Dory fuck come over. Yeah. Just, I'm gonna, I just want to have him come over, like, just sort of like a Monday Night Raw. <laughs> I want to look into um, Dory Funk's booking situation. I'll ask Jess for Christmas. Can we get Dory Funk? <laughs> Can, is it too late for me to add to my Christmas list? I want, I want Dory Funk over here for a Monday Night Raw. I'm dreaming of a Lemonhead Christmas. That's right. <laughs> a lemon. I can't get that out of my head, dude. Every time I see a fucking pack of Lemonheads, it's the first <laughs> thing I think of. Literally, it is a little hair thing. <laughs> it just that is Dory Funk Jr. Like it's got to be a rib. Whoever whoever's the manufacturer, go back and look at uh when the date was when Lemonheads were uh, invented and put it towards Dory H. because he looked the same sixty years ago. So it's got to be relative, right? And, and what what kind of what kind of male pattern hair thing does he have that he just has that one little patch in the front? Like who has the missing link? Missing link like hair, you know, jeans. <laughs> but I've never seen anybody. Yeah, like who, who the hell is born with no hair in the middle of their head? Bobbleheads, lemonheads, parking <laughs> spaces. They got their own schools. There are better buses than what? Wow, that's a shame. We got you know at Walmart we have um five regular parks in the whole entire parking lot. The rest of them are all handicapped. It's a parking lot for the Special Olympics, like out at our Walmart. How many people is not handicapped that we only have in the five? In the five that aren't for the handicapped, they're in the front. Like, is there some, they're like this kind of spots? I went out there the other day and looked around, going, the whole parking lot's handicapped. Everybody's riding around on the roller buggy. <laughs> oh, dude, but there we, yeah, we have. We have crossing guards, people with whistles, like in between aisles. You know, there's been a couple. We, there was some. There was some uh, buggy rage the other night. A couple got into it. A guy was coming around with coffee. Another guy was coming around the uh, condiment section, and they had a little brief collision. <laughs> and they got out. And they started like tussing and everything. And I, I just, I was going the break. I just walked by and just shook my head. And I was like, dude, this. This is class. And I'm, I'm I'm so glad that I got a job here, but at the same time, I can't believe it. me and Shane Douglas. Look where our ECW careers got us. The hierarchy of Walmart. Well, you're doing better than New Jack. So hey, yeah, I'm hard the New Jack, so I'm all right. Well, like I said, everybody, our episode of ECW we're reviewing this week is March the seventh, nineteen ninety-five. Aaron always thinks it's funny when I do that transition <laughs> and try to get serious. But the opening match well, we come into a match. Involving the Pitbulls, and they are taking on our own Chad Austin and Joel Goodhart in this uh, this squash match. But Chad does a good job getting squashed. What do you mean? And first off, why didn't they call Joey Joe by his by his real name? It was Joey Hartgood. That's what I wondered I, when I they first when right they off the bat when Joey first said Joel Hartgood or Joel Goodhart. I thought he misspoke. And then, but then throughout the match, so he kept saying Joel Goodhart. Because so they were just, remember, they were just like, they were Dino just like, send off. At this point, they were just like, fuck it. We're just going to go threw it out the all window. in. Yeah. We're just going to go all in with the rib. But that was the best part of the rib is that you had to figure it out. Not when they flat out say it. What's his name will be next week? Joel McMahon? Uh, Joel Ross. Joel Bischoff. <laughs> Joel Ross ain't bad. Ain't bad. Joe Ross. Joe Ross ain't bad. 
Yeah, you could still be Jr. Yeah, that was that was still kind of that was kind of crazy to me when I when I caught that because I ha- I have the the original pro I think I have the original tape like from a a, a master like the ma- the master tape of it and I swear that he was he was always heart good I I, mm-hmm. I was shocked when I heard Joey call him good heart I wonder if that was a, another taping but I can't think that that Paul would you know waste studio time whatever to just to do that but that was interesting to me i'm glad you guys caught it did you hear the um did you hear the the fans chanting during that match did you hear what they were chanting i didn't catch that no oh oh i caught it because my name is chad and at one point the crowd broke out with a go get chad chant it was after i had it was after i had already been in the ring and gotten beaten up and you know i had already been in the ring left my first a spot in the match and then when he threw me over and I tagged in hard good and then like I you know I did a great job selling because I sell I sold on the apron I noticed tonight. I don't know if you noticed mm-hmm. it or not, but oh, I yeah, that's just why tag that's why I stand said, up like <clears throat> that's why I had in my notes you did a great job being be it doing the job. You know, you you sold for these beasts. Yeah, and then I sold even when I wasn't even really supposed to sell. You know, because I tagged out, but I'm like, I'm not going to tag out and get back on, up on the apron like I'm ready to tag back in again. So I was figuring I might as well. I had to fall off the apron and like get my wits together and get back up there and all. And then all of a sudden, I heard a go get Chad chant, and I'm just thinking, what the fuck did I do? You know what I mean? Like, what did I do? And I'm I I, I still try to put it together like where I was at, like what you know. I'd already done a bunch of 911 stuff, I guess. So I guess they had known me enough for, for being, you know, stupid and stuff. And I it just it just blew my mind because I don't remember it, you know. And yeah. when you get to relive it like this, you know, and I'm like, I never noticed it before because I probably would have sold it a little better had I heard it. But it was it was cool. I was like, well, man, I'm getting I'm getting caught over. You still have the you still have the heat from the Smoky Smoky Mountain is better promo. Oh, I'd already, I'd already done that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Whatever. That, yeah, I, I had the heat from everything. Uh, yeah, I, I think Paulie, I think Paulie had it booked to be like, look, I get a lot of heat, but I'm just gonna let Chad say all this, that people have heat with me for or something. Let him take it out on him. Like with this, you know, like he wanted to make fun of Smoky Mountain. Like, right, well, you go out there and do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? You be the fall guy for it. I, I ain't gonna do it. You, you, oh, you want a WCW? Hate WCW? All right, we'll send Chad out there. Like, he'll get beat up for for WCW. I'm the martyr. He, hey, where was Jeff Farmer? Why, why, why? See, I had a bus that was on its way to Arkansas. I want all you guys to go see Jeff Farmer and Motley Crue. Where, where was it? How come we didn't go, go that far into it? And that was what I was going to ask was, was it like working with the Pitbulls? Were they snug or were they? Yeah. No, they, they they were snug, but definitely definitely safe. Um, because I was lucky, man. Like I, I don't know who started it, where it came from, or whatever, but I developed a pretty solid, decent name for being a bumper boy. And it could it could have gone back as far as Taz, or that people were like people started saying like, hey, you, if you guys are going to do TV and you, you guys got to get jobber guys or whatever, then get Chad. Like, you know, Chad's a good bumper guy or whatever. So my name just kept popping up, like popping up. And, and you know, I never really just never thought about going back and looking for it. But, yeah, I mean, there'd be times where I'd see my name on a booking sheet for, like, 
seven times for like a TV taping, whatever. And then I would have to go to somebody and, and ask like Paul or whoever format and tell them like, look, man, you got me working like, you know, Jimmy Snooker. I see nine one one's name on here like three times. <laughs> There's, you know what I mean? And they're like, they had to like go back and figure it out. Go, oh, we can't send Chad out there. He ain't, he ain't Colin Keith Shira. You know, we can't keep a Jabroni Austin out there. But it, it was cool because I didn't mind. The ring wasn't bad. The pit bulls like me. I didn't have a problem with them. They were snug, but they were safe. With them was they weren't polished. It wasn't like working Dean Malenko. You know, they were going to hit you. You know, yeah. and then when you know they do them big moves. Oh, the super power bomb! <laughs> like, all right, well, Joe, it was. You ever taken one, Mister Hartgood? Whatever, you know. Did I take it, or Joe? Or did I take it? Oh no, Joel. Joel definitely. Been? Joel gets the worst of this because I have, I have on my notes here. Um, Gary Wolf hits a sick fucking clothesline on uh, on uh, Joel Goodhart, Hartgood, whatever, and then they beat the shit out of him on the outside, like. When you were in there with them, it just looked like, you know, an underneath wrestler selling for the big stars. Goodhart was in there. It looked like they, I don't know if they were taking liberties or not, but he definitely got the worst of it. Well, there, then that goes back to what I was just saying a little while ago about how, how, you know, because I had already worked Gary by himself. I had already worked um, Ant by himself. And then, you know, they probably, they probably were instrumental in putting money out there for being a good guy for TV, a good bumper boy or whatever. So they may have had the opportunity to request who they were going to work. And then and they just decided that we're, we're going to beat him. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, what's the sense of beating me? I mean, you're going to beat me up, you know, but you do, you do know I'm coming back next week. You know what I'm saying? Mr. Hardgood or Mr. Goodfelt Hard or Heartfelt, whatever his name is, um, he wasn't coming back. You know, <laughs> Joel Goodfellow. He was like a one and done, <laughs> right? Whatever his name is, he wasn't coming back. And I, I would have been coming back, I, like I did, even after I kind of quit, got fired. I still showed up for months and months and months. He wasn't coming back. That wasn't for him. He had just broke into the business. Um, you know, he may, he, I don't think he was in the business. He was, definitely wasn't in the business a year, but I would say eight months tops. He was in the business eight months. And after that experience, he probably decided it wasn't for him. Tattoos on the chest and all that nonsense. No, it ain't the same as a pit bull beating. The, extremely uh, different. Yeah. The fin- the finish comes in this match with, uh, Joel Goodhart, Hartgood getting a super bomb from the, uh, the pit bulls <laughs> and they get the victory. Over Chad Austin and Good Heart Good. That's what we're gonna call him. Joel Good Heart Good. <laughs> Old Double Heart. Good, <laughs> Old Double Good Heart. heart. Good Heart Good can't stand you. The good the good heart the good heart foundation. Joel can't stand you. <laughs> I, I'm I'm that's yeah, it, 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 I thought it was a fine squash match. You know? Mm-hmm. If you if you break it all down, it it, it, it was a fine squash match. If anybody looked like they were going to get any offense, it was me. Been there for a while. And I don't know if I got any offense, but if I was very little. And I was the guy that should have gotten it. And Joe Hardgood was the guy who was just there for the beating. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and get him in and out. It was You couldn't, you know, there, what else? How could you book it differently? Exactly. Yep. The, it, again, it did everything it was supposed to do. Um, got to get the pit bulls over as monsters because obviously they're, uh, they're going to get the push here coming up. 
I think we're very, very close to them getting Francine um, as their manager or valet. Aaron, anything else in this match before we move along? Nope. It was it was what it was. Yeah, come on, Aaron. No jokes? Not yet. Come on. Not yet. Well, then they show us the footage of the everything that went down with Cactus Jack, Terry Funk, Sandman, worse. Tommy Dreamer, Shane Douglas, and everybody, a company last week. And then we get the open from Joey, and uh, he talks about Terry Funk returning, uh, the fact that Shane Douglas helped Cactus Jack last week. And then we get what is actually a really, really good segment with Sandman, Woman, and Terry Funk cutting a promo. Um, woman's fantastic here, of course. Um, like Chad said, Sandman and is she the good character. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Woman's fantastic, and she cuts the promo. And she good cuts promo. a good promo. <laughs> Fat but yeah, I, I um, Terry Funk's promo is also, yeah, I did. I actually have it wrote down here. Um, Terry Funk's promo essentially, it great stuff. He's talking in low voice, which is always good. It's the, it's the whole point talk low and people will listen. Um, he it he he starts in right away. Do you know about Dewey? So he's already going after the family, he's talking about Foley's son, Dewey. He's talking about Foley's wife, um, and he. I have a note down here. He calls. He he essentially says Cactus Jack wants to be the next Terry Funk. He can't do that. He's a fat pig. He's a nobody. And what a fantastic <laughs> promo! Oh, the fucking Terry yeah, Funk was. promo. Was great. Uh, and that's. In I my wonder. Notes too. I wonder how many took how many takes it took for that to happen for Why? Terry. I bet one take. One take. Um, more than likely, but I wonder, but I wonder, uh, see, here's the story with Terry's promos. Sometimes Terry's promos are like a half an hour long. So you could probably hit two, three different promos out of just one promo if you chop it up. Because there was no time limit. There was no like, you know, countdown to, th- you know, three, two, one. You got ten. backstage. It was like, just talk, talk as long as you want. Like, you know, not me, of course, but Terry Funk, you know, he can sit there and just fucking blabber all, read, you know, run down your list of chores he has to do back at a double cross ranch. You know what I mean? And all this stuff that he just still, he still has enough chutzpah to, to call him a fat pig. And he, he thought that was a great insult. Like, fat pig. And I'm thinking like, wow, <laughs> you know. Boy, we come a long way with insults. But what a better, what better way to inter, to fucking, what better way to insult a guy to say, you know what, you're a fat pig and you're a nobody. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Fat pig. I'm gonna talk about your kid, and he's a fat pig too. And and your wife's a fat, <laughs> fat pig. Your wife's a whore. Like Terry yeah. Funk. Fucking fantastic in this shit. He was fantastic. <laughs> I, I want to hear. I would. I just want to hear. Um, Terry Funk like use the word haberdasher in a promo. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hab- like haberdashery, <laughs> haberdashery. You fat pig. <laughs> you know your wife Sam Ann is sleeping with the the guy who owns the haberdasher right next to the bodega. <laughs> I'd love to hear Terry Funk just use like they have a, like one of them little books that has all the different words you can say in it. I got one of them. Didn't work out for me too well. Aaron said Aaron said Funk's promo was great here, and it, it takes me off a little bit to a sidebar. 
Is there really any time that any of the three of us could ever say, no matter what the situation, we saw anything that where we could say, if Terry Funk's in the situation, that was bad. No, I can't. I can never point to anything he ever did that I would say that was bad. Even when WCW was making him do that goofy Funk's grill thing, he still made the best of it. Yeah, I mean... Well, I mean, first off, when you got when you know when you were you were a legend from a family like that, and you, you got a name recognition like that, you're automatically kind of just pen, you know penciled in, you know. It's like even if people that didn't really know him, the guy next to him could be seven years older than him, and be like, oh, that's Terry Funk. You know what I mean? And right. people like Terry Funk, word gets around for guys like Terry Funk because where did you see Terry Funk? I mean, look at how big Texas is. Dallas, Amarillo, San Antonio, Fort Worth, you know, and then boom, over in fucking Florida, you know, another big territory, you know, and then right. up to New York, boom, another big territory. And he was already a name coming from Detroit from, you know what I mean? Like that guy, that guy was like pig pen, but in reverse, he didn't have a bad smell following him. He had, I'm Terry motherfucking funk following me smell you know. smell my smell my funk motherfucker my farts smell like roses bitch. dude my yeah they smell like money that's what they smell like you, you take a, a whole big wad of hundred dollar bills whatever and you do that little flicker thing you know what i mean that's what terry funk's farts uh, sound like yeah he's golden man he and it's it, i i i hate seeing terry funk nowadays dude because, you know, I, I had been around him for years, like years and years, and I never saw a change ever from the Goodhart days to the ECW days to the independent day, You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. he'd never changed. And then like overnight, it seemed like you just click on the Internet and you go on YouTube and you look at me like, who the fuck is this? You know what I mean? Terry He's got farts, like the, the hair. Farts, farts going where he farts out of his mouth. <laughs> Or out of his, out of his pee hole. <laughs> what, what do you mean? <laughs> He's his farce so stink. His farce go in reverse. And it goes, so his farts go, WrestleMania? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is that what he's doing? He, Star King? <laughs> Wait, I don't understand. Great American <laughs> Bash? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, <what> you, <laughs> five star. Oh no, that was the runs. <laughs> that was right afterwards. You heard a big. It was the wet farts. Yeah, yeah. Terry yeah, Funk gets the walks. What's that? Terry Funk gets the walks. What's the walks? But the it's the reverse. Explain, huh? What are you talking about? I don't know. What the hell is going on here? He gets the walks. <laughs> what? They use Terry Funk uses bath salts. What did he say? I think he was alluding to the fact that Terry Funk doesn't get the runs, he gets the walks because he's get the runs in reverse. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Aaron, I hope I was able to dissect that properly. You should be Aaron, you should be ashamed of yourself. Oh, I am. You're passing that off as a uh, as a Ziggy. You doing? <laughs> good job. Good 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 thing this is like um uh open mic night. <laughs> <laughs> after the after the great stuff from Terry Funk is, and Woman and Sandman, we get also good stuff. Not as good as Terry, but a, a good promo from uh, Shane Douglas and Cactus Jack as well. Um, uh, 
Um, Shane talks about Cactus and his history together, of course, coming up together through Danucci School and et cetera, et cetera. And then we get a, a good passionate promo from Cactus about Terry turning on him. And uh, any notes on this, guys, that you want to bring up? I thought I, I wasn't sure if you were going to bring that up or not. But, yeah, I love that fact that they, they've teased it before. They put their toe in it before when he talked about the, the uh, relationship between Cactus and Shane and Danucci School. And, you know, if you if you came around in that time in the business and you spent any time with random guys, you would hear them talk about it. It, it must have been like a really good experience mm-hmm. because as much as it sounds like it's it's bullshit. I drove 20 minutes to a wrestling school. He drove 15 hours. Right. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? You know, I, I just, I have three wrestling schools, you know, you know, in my state alone, you know, my state's one of the smallest states ever. And this guy's getting packing his car and driving 15 hours. That's commitment, man, right there, dude. You know, and I applaud that shit. And I can only imagine what kind of school fucking Dominic the fucking Danucci fucking had. You know, I'm sure that wasn't like anywhere near the schools that I, except for the ones when I first started, but anywhere near the schools that I worked in or trained in late, much later on in my career. But yeah, I applaud them guys, man. That's, that's some commitment and shit. And for those of you that li- listen to the show or whatever, or, or just don't understand, you know, the name Dominic Danucci. So Dominic Danucci is not a guy that you're going to see anybody say, you know, he was a world champion. He wasn't, et cetera, et cetera. But there is something to be said for the fact that at the height of Bruno Sammartino's career, just put it in perspective, Bruno Sammartino at the height of his career on the East Coast, that's pretty fucking big deal. And Dominic Danucci was the gate was the gateway to Bruno. You know, he was the guy that the heels went through before they got to Bruno. And say what you want, that's a big fucking deal. You know? No, it's it's not only that. It's it's not only that. And um, it was, it was, it was, I think it was more of the extent where instead of, instead of using the, I mean, it was kind of 50, 50 on using Domino as being the, um, Dominic to be the guy to get to Bruno, but he would also be, if you couldn't get Andre, he would mm-hmm. also be the, uh, Bruno would, would make Dominic his special tag team partner. And you would, you announced that in Pittsburgh, you announced that and, you know, um, uh, um, I can't think of what other places they ran at, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, you announced Dominic Anucci is going to team up with Bruno, you know, and, and, then, and then you get the old people going, oh, shit, that goes back to like, you know, 1970 and, you know, and stuff. Right. But yeah, so he had a he had a big name. And of course, that when we grew up, we came up with the other, Dom, you know, the Dominic Anucci that we remember today. But I just so happened to have some eight millimeter footage from handhelds from like 1970, 1970, I think it is, of uh, Dominic on it and stuff. And you can't see, he, he can't tell what he, he can't tell what he looks like because it's so bad of a footage. But yeah, he goes back a long way, man. Yeah, I mean, like I, I actually, I actually have, um, um, I'm a member of, of uh, John Arezzi's Patreon. And he Oof. has some he has some footage of that. I, I honest to God, I haven't seen a lot of him, you know, other than like you were saying, Chad, like the Dominic Danucci that we see when we see stuff from the late 70s or the early 80s. But Arezzi has some stuff on his page that that I'd never seen before. Danucci wasn't bad and he was fucking over. 
<laughs> I wonder if he has the same stuff I have. I might have to reach out to fucking Orezzi. I'd like to know because maybe if we don't, we might have different footage. We could find, we could put something together, like, you know, fill in some gaps. Mm-hmm. But but according to the timeline, it's a pretty good chance that we had the same footage. You know what I mean? Mostly, yeah, because a lot of it, what exists, exists, and it ain't much, you know? Yeah, it's a good chance we had the same footage. Well, after this promo, we get Joey Styles back, and he is, he is kind of alluding to the fact that Cactus Jack, can he trust Shane Douglas? And then for the expert... For the expert analysis on this situation, they decide to go to Tommy Dreamer. Good enough, dude. All right, just Put let him wrestle. Tommy. Uh-huh. Put upon Tommy. Like, dude, Tommy dude. Dreamer has to, like, make everything about himself. Yeah, that's why I don't like him. He's a heel. Like, he's a heel. And we, we get it. Like, me, you, and Nate get it. He's a heel. He's a woe is me. You know what I mean? He's a everybody. Oh, everybody's screwing me. There's a a great comparison. I don't mean to cut you guys off, but there's just bringing that up. There's a great comparison to be made between ECW Tommy Dreamer and 1980s WWF Hulk Hogan because they're baby faces, but they're actually heels. Everything everything about 80s Hogan. He's he in most situations he's the heel. He's a terrible fucking friend. He tries to fuck Elizabeth. You know he's just he, he's 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 a terrible oh, friend to Orndorff. He's a terrible friend to Orndorff. I don't know, dude. You got um you you're gonna have to present a better case than that. He didn't try to he didn't try to bang Elizabeth. He he just. He just he just finger banged her on the way back to carrying her back to the, to the locker room. Like, he, was, he, uh, Hogan, he was getting Hogan, Hogan he was getting tried, a grip. Hogan tried to slip a thing in. Oh, well, I mean, I didn't. Well, I didn't see it. What about Andre? How did he turn on Andre? He never gave Andre a shot at the belt, dude. Andre never asked. Ah, see, there it is. There's the heel <laughs> response. You never asked. <laughs> yeah, Hogan, Hogan, I mean, Hogan in the '80s was a heel. Pretending to be a baby face. I'm just saying. He's the same as Tommy Dreamer in ECW. (laughs) Hey, Andre, you could have easily just said, hey, look, man, I've been beating everybody. and Look at all these battle royals that I've won. Can I get a shot? No. Hogan's like, you never asked, buddy. It's up to the championship committee. It had to get to the point where... It had to get to the point where Andre, I want to challenge you for world championship in the WrestleMania. (laughs) It had to get to that point. Yeah. All of a sudden, Andre's a lemonhead. Oh, Andre! <laughs> so, how did he say? In the What's in happened? the in the retromania. Yeah, Andre was very variety club. <laughs> he did. He was a variety block. I want to challenge you for the world world championship. Yeah, yeah. He he yeah. He was a slob. <laughs> Andre, Andre at that point had no business. <laughs> you know what I mean? That that just goes to show you what kind of um, promoter Vince Man is. Is that he could squeeze the last drip of water out of a fucking rock? You know what I mean? With Andre, like this guy, he, he can't even walk to the ring. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you know, much less he's. We're gonna we're gonna draw ninety seven thousand people to come watch you get. Like, that's the reason why they had them trams to the ring because yeah. Andre couldn't do it. You know what I mean? Like they figure, well, if he did it with Andre, it'd be like that parking spot in front of the Walmart. 
you know, it would, it would make him look too special. So, yeah, Andre Andre was double variety. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, he was the variety neighborhood. Yeah, he variety. spoke like a retard and had like he was a retard that had special needs. Yeah, he was a retard that had special needs. Like his, re- <laughs> he was a retard, and his feet didn't work. <laughs> he was a retard who had special needs, and his feet yeah. didn't work. Okay. <laughs> what? What else? He couldn't tell time. <laughs> what, he, what else? Like, he, he didn't know how to use words. That WrestleMania three match. Imagine when they were laying that out. They're like six minute bear hug, body slam. How simple is that? Whoa. <laughs> you know what? Know. At the end of I the day, past, I can't get past at, what Andre is. At the end of the day, is it about match quality? Is or, or is it about amount of depends on who you talk to? Yeah, talk I'd, to say, I'd say I'd say I'd say amount of the check. It's like that yeah. that. The question that people always asked in the 80s, would you let Mike Tyson knock you out for 10 million bucks? Yep. Let me put my jaw out there. I, I can afford to get it wired now. No, I mean it's it's a classic example, man. Um that's that's why we we told a lot of guys like they came out of our wrestling school back in the day, and I was taught it too. Like if they ask you to go up and do jobs, you know, you don't want to go up there and do jobs because if they see you on TV after a few weeks, you're going to be typecast and stuff mm-hmm. and pick and, and choose. And, and honestly, if you really think about it, the times that pro wrestling has drawn the most money was when the match quality was at the worst. If you oh, so you mean it. it was other other forms of people? Um, people yeah, your, your general your general audience doesn't come to watch it like the three of us do. They just come to be entertained. That's why. What the mid eighties, mid to late eighties WWF, the Attitude Era, the Attitude Era didn't. There were some good matches, but it didn't have great match quality on Monday Night Raw. You know, it, the the money isn't drawn by the wrestling, unfortunately. It's drawn by everything else. It's drawn by the it's drawn by the sizzle and not the steak. I guess. Is what yeah, I'm exactly. Because they got they got too, they got too caught up in the wrong aspect of the business because the the measurements changed. It used to be. You put the, you, you pay for your wrestling to be on TV. You, you you give the channel a tape. You pay for it to be on there because you're hoping to make money at the live shows. Mm-hmm. That's the way you do it. You try to you try to you know. Then you got to bicycle the tape all around town, all around. You know you got to you want to make money at the house shows so you can keep running house shows. Now you're on TV and you're going to all these different markets and then all of a sudden now uh, you're making money doing all that. It's you know what I mean. It's just a big it's a big cycle, right? Of how that shit works, and it's crazy, man, because it, it's easy to get caught up in that stuff, you know. Well, after the uh, like Aaron said, put upon Tommy promo, which he eventually <laughs> he's supposed to be talking about Shane Douglas and Cactus Jack, he winds up talking about himself and Raven. We get a what I thought was a good wrestling match for the ECW championship. Looks like we lost Aaron, but <laughs> for the ECW championship, it is Shane Douglas. Yeah, he didn't even contributed totally anything so far on this show, so we lost Aaron about 50 minutes ago. <laughs> what the fuck's the matter with you? He must have got a call from Archie. Wonder why he didn't get the invite to whatever this is. What did you think of Douglas <laughs> and Blanchard? I thought it was a good match. They had a good match, a good wrestling match. I, I didn't like, i tell you what I didn't like. I didn't like the fact that they didn't have enough time to air the entry. Didn't like that at all. I don't know how, I, I mean, I, I'm assuming we watched the same show and it cut right mm-hmm. into the match. Yes. And it already had to have been 15 minutes into the match. Yeah, because there's a, there's a, yeah, because there's only about eight minutes here. 
yeah, of the it, match. It, it was 15 minutes or, you know, or probably more of that match. And I'm like, man, you guys really missed, you know, you guys missed the, the whole, to me, the spectacle was if you weren't there, I, I mean, I was there obviously. Um, but if you weren't there that you missed the spectacle because the, the people wanted to see that they really, right. really did because it was so up in the air because the internet, you know, not virtually non-existent, you know, you had Meltzer, then you, then you had word of mouth, but then you hear about Tully Blanchard coming in. Is he going to stay, you know, cause he's already been on a show a couple times before. Is he right. going to stay? Could this, you know, this could be very, very, very interesting. You know, to see how this works out, and imagine how it would have played out. You know, just just say that uh, doing flip flop. What if Tully would have won the match, won the belt, and he became the the triple threat like new manager, and then Shane was the guy chasing. Imagine Tully being the manager of that Hill group, and it's not Tully being a manager; it's just Tully telling these guys basically how to steal from Walmart. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to take these other fucking clowns because they ain't got nowhere near the experience of me and I'm going to do it. And it's like Shane is a guy who basically isn't much more experienced than they are. So, you know, it's, it's kind of like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm almost there. I'm not really there yet, but I'm going to teach these two fucking hams, um, you know, at a, you know, there's so much you could have done there. And I, I, I know we talked about this in length about what happened with the Tully relationship. But man, if Tully would have stayed, just imagine the possibilities. You know, mm -hmm. you're not going to see yeah. Tully and Sabu. Right, right, yeah. But you no, no way. <laughs> but you could have saw Tully and Chabu, which I would have. <laughs> you could have. You could have said you could have seen Tully and Terry. Tully and Terry. Um, I mean Tully Cactus. Because mm -hmm. you know Sandman, I would have been a little bit iffy about. Um. You know, I wouldn't have been so reluctant to do anything with Sam, man. Could, ah, he, he's telling ah, yeah. you know, I don't know that that works. I don't know if that works with Tully Blanchard. I mean, yeah. there are there are definitely people he could have paired up with on this roster. And, and I don't I mean, I don't know if he would have he probably wouldn't have stayed on through, you know, through the whole history of the promotion. But he definitely could have been a big part of the early part of it. And like you said, being a mentor to some of the younger guys. And yeah, even even like how they do it nowadays, every every once in a while, they just they, they, they go to a correspondent report and it's an old timer guy, you know, mm -hmm. asking them, hey, what do you think about, you know, so and so and so and so, you know, anything just to keep his name relevant to when you can find a spot to where he can fit in, you know, you know, I mean, there's a bunch, he I, I think he he would fit in great with um. Um, I think he would be fitting great with MJF, you know? Yeah. You know, because, you know, you, you're a kid. You know, he may have $100 million more dollars than than the Four Horsemen ever did, but Tully could tell him how to spend it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> you know, look, yeah, you got all the money in the world, but look, when you had, you know, when you were with the Horsemen and you were on, on top of the world, this is how you spend that $100 million. You think having this is great? Look at this, you know, kind of thing. Right. Yeah. So he he would still be relevant in in my opinion in this day and age if he wanted to, but I, I so people like Tully, I've seen pictures of him. It it wasn't terribly too long ago, not great. And people like that like 
sometimes they just don't want to like like Tommy Dreamer's going through it now. He just don't like looking at himself because he don't like the person that he became. He just this is what I look like now. And at that point, even here in, e, in ECW, Tully's not looking like you know he, he's looking like seventy five percent of what Tully used to look like. Mm-hmm. You could you know, you could spot him out of the lineup, but you go, well, he's got a little bit of a little midriff there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. A little bit slower on the, a little bit slower on this. He's hitting the, you know, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, well, Tully winds up um, losing, obviously, to Shane Douglas. Um, Shane was lame. With, a, with a small pat. Yeah, kind of out of nowhere. Um, no real, I don't know, no real anticipation to the finish. But again, we didn't see the whole match. I don't know what the whole match consisted of. Um, but uh, Shane does retain. And then Joey Styles gets us into the tag team title situation. Then we get to see Public Enemies return to TV. We haven't seen them in a few weeks. We got a little break from Public Enemy, but they're back. Wow, I, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> I don't remember having a break from Public Enemy. I just remember just I uh, just talking about them every single week at nausea. And then if you're telling me we had a break, then I just had a fucking uh, um, hangover from them then. <laughs> They're kind of narrating their story that's going on with Sabu and Taz and Dean Belenko. Are these, and Chris are these sitting in lawn chairs? Yeah, a, sitting in lawn chairs by like a fire in the ghetto. Pretty a much. fire pit. Okay, all right. That's what I was just making sure that's what it was. Um, what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's funny that, that that's how it plays out because we're actually proud of the fact that we just got a new fire pit for our for our, our front yard, <laughs> and then we actually sit out there. In our patio furniture, we put the patio furniture up by the thing. So the next time we sit out there, because uh, Miss Jessica, if she comes out with me, we're sitting down and go, Oh, Jessica! Oh, Chad Boo! Yeah. <laughs> no, she, she won't get it. <laughs> but the whole entire time, I'll be talking to her like a rock of rock. Oh, Jessica! We gotta go get some more logs for the fire! <laughs> Oh man, you know, and I'm running out of beer. Oh man, Jessica. Uh, like I said, PE kind of they 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 narrate what's going on in their feud, and um, we see footage where they are entering the ECW arena <clears throat> to be interviewed by Joey Styles, where uh, Johnny Grunge is is pu- pushing Rocco out in a wheelchair. Um, they talk about being robbed of the tag team titles. Dean Malenko and Chris Benoit come out. Malenko spits on Johnny Grunge. And then Malenko and Benoit proceed to beat down the public enemy outside what, the ring. Why? Explain. It refreshed my memory. Why was Rocco Rock in a wheelchair? They During the... There was a triple threat tag team match. And he got put through... He got put through... Essentially him, Sabu... Benoit put Sabu... Through Rocco and a table, and because oh, of that, because of that, Rocco's. I guess they they were alluding to the fact that Rocco's knee was injured in that spot. Oh, it makes sense, but I mean, they could have told us. Yeah, I, <laughs> give me give me the info. <laughs> yeah, you know, it has been a it has been a couple of weeks since that happened. So yeah, what's the what's the four one what's the four one one here? Yeah. What what happened since the week that you guys didn't air a TV program that Rocco Rock comes out here in a handicap in a handicap chair? But dude, he um he's 
he sold that spot where I, I knew damn well they were going to do that spot. Like you knew that spot where he. Ran. Oh yeah, yeah. The the wheelchair into the guardrail. It had to happen. But I had I had that spot in my head. I was like, dude, why couldn't I have? Done <laughs> I would have loved to do that spot because I would have won flying. I mean, like way over. I mean, I I know how to do it because if I'm not mistaken, I may have done it before. But I know exactly how to take that pump. And I, I, how would this one sailing over the over the guardrail into the crowd? Because it's ECW anyway. Right. Yeah. They want you to come into the crowd. Oh man, I was just, I was just like salivating over that bump, going, "Oh, I would love to have taken that." But, but Ted, but Petty was already old then, and you know that bump wasn't going to happen, for mm-hmm. or at least it wasn't going to happen in the way that I thought it should have happened. Because you know, right. like, um, what's his name? The, the kid today, the kid that everybody's not talking about—not the Andretti guy, but even the um, Austin Theory guy. You know, yeah, he's smart enough that he could have taken that bump to, to make. Yeah, it I look mean, like he took. He's taking some. He's taking some crazy bumps from Roman and Brock, and yeah, I mean, yeah, that kid. That kid better be careful, man, because I don't know what the rings are like nowadays. But yeah, he's taking some pretty fucking solid, solid bumps. Um, so we end the show with the public enemy. They want to get their revenge. And they say that next week on ECW, they're going to be in the triple th- the three-way dance tag team match. Malenko and Benoit, Sabu and Taz, and of course the public enemy. And the saga continues for those three teams. Well, that's that's next week's match? Yep, that's that's what they're saying. I, I'm pretty sure they do put it on TV too. So I think we're going to see it. <laughs> we'll probably see a cut version of it. Obviously, we're not going to see the whole match. I hate the fact that we can't see like the the little the the, the classic like inch like the interview like not the commercial spots mm-hmm. that they promote the hotline and promote the shirts. You know, I hate that we don't get to see any of that. That sucks. Because I, I sit down like I sit down to watch the episode. I I click on my fucking. My, my Bukaki channel, and I punch it up, and then it says like, "This, this episode was actually relatively small. It was like thirty three minutes. Like this episode, I'm like you tell me you you got me for an hour in nineteen ninety five. You know, you hooked me for an hour, and you only gave me like you know twenty seven minutes of content. You know what I mean? Right. I think a lot of it with the with the ECW stuff has to do with the music. I really do. You know, you know what I mean? Like, it's just there's there's so much there's so much licensed music on their shows because Paulie just fucking did it. <laughs> he didn't give right, a shit. Right. But he, no, he, did I, it, he, he did it kind of um, he did it kind, kind of behind closed doors with with uh, what's his name? David Geffen, whatever his name is, David Geffen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, he did it kind of behind closed doors. He 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 knew David Geffen and then he used his music. That he that the publishers rights for the music never really got official approval to do it, but because he's friends with David Geffen, he figured he could just be like, "Well, I figured it was no big deal." Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think you'd care. How great is that, though? You know that's Polly. That's that's Polly. Ask for forgiveness. You know, well, of course it is. I've, I've no shit that this fucking. Of course it's Paul. And, and I remember. I remember the time I I don't know if we talked about it on the show when I first saw the new opening, when it had the do do do, and then it had the white zombie thing, and it had the ECW. It was at a bullshit show when we had Hector Guerrero back in there, and I'm 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 looking at it going, all right, that's Nine Inch Nails, 
that's white zombie. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's no chance you got, you know, you got to hold a Trent Reznor and you got to hold a Rob Zombie to okay this music. And then you, you mixed it together, you know, on top of that. So that's even worse. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then li- li- literally, literally, what is the, uh, to me anyway, the first thing that comes to my mind when I hear Thunder Kiss 65 is, hey, that's a song from ECW. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a, um, that's a classic case of, um, what came first, you know, right. ECW or a white zombie. Because to me, I actually think it happened right around the same time. I don't think I, I don't think, I, you know, I can't pinpoint when I, when I actually found that out, White Zombie. But I don't think I ran out to Sam Goody's to buy the, the you know, the, the record because of I heard it on ECW. So that's, that's, a, that's a weird one for me. Mm-hmm. Well, that is it. That's a wrap for another episode of ECW and our 100th episode of Re- Reliving the Extreme. When a we want to thank Aaron for making at least a cameo this week on the show. Fucking idiot. <laughs> Fuck it. I mean, pay your goddamn bills. You're always bitching about fucking Sam, about Tommy Cairo and Peaches and Sandman and all. Pay your internet bill, pal. <laughs> you got going on over there. Ah, uh, shit. Overall, I thought this was a decent episode of the show, Chad. What did you yeah, it was it was it was solid. It was cool for me because I didn't have a lot of notes. Like I literally, mm-hmm. I, I I could send you a picture of my notes. It's about six lines, you know, of notes. You know, it just said me versus this and that, and then Funk versus promo and a Shane promo, and that means I didn't have any. I didn't write any jokes or anything about how bad it was. Or, but that's so what I. That's what. I, that's what I always good. say too when I'm reviewing something. If I the the lack of notes means it was a good show because I was watching, and the extent of if there's a lot of notes, that means it was bad. Example on the last episode of the We Can't Wrestle podcast, I don't know even know if you remember this. We reviewed the World Wrestling All Stars from Australia in 2002. Oof, their eruption <laughs> pay per view. And I, I had it. like I had like four and a half pages of notes because I had so much to pick apart, so much to, to criticize. Jarrett wasn't even on that show, but they had uh, but you Sid still as their, them apart. Oh yeah, definitely. They <laughs> yeah. had Sid as their commissioner. The the biggest pet peeve I had with that show is they had a they had a cruiserweight championship tournament. So they had a match between AJ Styles and fuck. Anyway, there were two great cruiserweight matches that had potential, and eat, both of them went like two and a half minutes. But so then it was they a had nitro. Yeah, then they. But then, but then they the nitro high spot match. Yeah, and but then they followed it up with a hardcore midget match between <laughs> women between be, between puppet and Tio. I think I had this show. I think I that had. went that went nine minutes. Like you have two possible fantastic cruiserweight matches, and they go two minutes apiece, and then you give these fucking midgets nine minutes to do a shitty hardcore match. It's one of the stupidest pay per views I've ever seen in my life. I, I'm I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was like 2000 or something. 2002. Your main event is Scott Steiner and Nathan Jones with Sid as the special enforcer. As a matter of fact, now that you mention it, it's perfect because I actually know that it does say Steiner versus Nathan Jones on my tape. I know it does. I definitely have it. And I know I've seen it, but, dude, I've seen so much bad wrestling, you know. 
in yeah. in the past four in the past four days or five days, <laughs> whatever. I mean, I don't understand why Walmart don't have wrestling in the park. Fuck <laughs> with the employees. What the fuck? <laughs> That's some shit right there. It's the Sam the Sam's Club Battle Royal. <laughs> shit, I, I dude, I can't. I, my wife can't believe that I've been there. That I've lasted a week. <laughs> he's like i can't believe you're still working there i'm like what do you mean she goes you didn't kill anybody you know you didn't you verbally I'm like dude this is just too good to be true here that the i got what who, who are these people where do they come from like is there a bell that rings at a certain time in dundalk and, and these fucking these whitakers come running out of nowhere do you, you know what i mean <laughs> They all just rushed the mark. I bet you I'm going to be handicapped in a year if I continue to work there. You get good but parking. Nothing's, yeah, I mean, no, it's, where are you going to park at Walmart in a handicapped spot? They're all handicapped spots. Yeah. yeah you you got to see this shit. I'll, I'll, I'll send you a video one time of, of, of I, I've been doing it a lot, building them up, of just like, look at this thing. Look, look at this thing. Like, there's a lot of ass, not good ass. Just there's a lot of ass in Walmart. When they got big asses, they got huge asses. What the fuck are we? <laughs> what are we selling in here? You know, hey, <laughs> is there a trough in the back? <laughs> you know, what the fuck? Is, I'm I'm looking at these pockets, and I'm thinking about like how people stick their cell phones like in their back pockets of their pants. This lady had a laptop. I I was embarrassed for her. I was like, what the fuck you got going on over here? You know? I just stand there in amazement because, you know, you guys know me. I mean, there clearly isn't anything visually wrong with me. (laughs) You know? You know But I stand there for nine hours looking at these fucking rubes. And I just, I just keep wanting to tag Chris Cruz in like every picture that I take. Just, <laughs> what do you, what do you think about this, Crispy? That's it's the, it's the greatest thing in the world. Cause you know, you guys, I don't know what your guys' area is is like as far as what your clientele is, but I am in, on the outskirts of Baltimore City. It's a very low income area, and it. There's the one Walmart that we, it's the one Walmart that we got <laughs> and it shows, I, I can just sit there at night and just laugh, not even checking any receipts when the customer comes walking up and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Come, come walking up and I just go, I ain't going to bother dude. I ain't going to look at you. And, and the people we call tonight that put the fucking medicine in the fucking baby carry thing. Where you put the baby in the basket, mm-hmm. they put a fucking shit ton of fucking medicine in the baby basket and put the blanket over top of it. And I just said, "Excuse me, ma'am, <laughs> you know, can you just?" And I go, "Oh, what is this?" Oh, sh-. they were Spanish. Oh, all of a sudden they were Eddie Guerrero. They didn't yeah. fucking. They, they didn't know shit. Didn't no idea. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, and they you blame it on short arms. That baby was like three months old. She didn't crawl out of that thing and grab that fucking thing of, uh, you know, Vicks Vapor Rub or whatever it was. No, come on, man. You fucking, you guys are joking. This job is fucking ridiculous. That's why I, I told I told the fucking LP fucking jabronis. Nobody there knows who I am except for like two people. 
And one guy spotted me when I was looking at Bray Wyatt figures in the toy area. He he asked me if I was a wrestler, and because I, I was wearing my Rayvac jacket, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> my wife. My <laughs> wife told me it's only a matter of time before they figure out who you are. And the jig is up. Yeah. Yeah, right. Dude, I said, don't tell anybody else. Don't tell anybody else. And then and word got around that I saw a couple of co-workers looking on YouTube. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I think I'm, I've been busted over here. I'm going to have to move on. Jeez. But anyway, dude, I guess you got to go because I got to go because I'm beat down hooker cheap. Yes. Well, we are going to sign off. Thank you, everybody, for joining us this week on Reliving the Extreme. We'll see you next week. And, oh, and- uh, and, and don't forget to check out Chad's video vault because I did just do an update. I'm back. Yes. I'm back in. I'm back in the business, baby. Chad's video vault on Facebook. Ask to be a part of it, and Chad will add you. And that being said, we're going to sign off this week. Chad, thank you for joining me. Aaron, thank you for being here for a minute. And we'll see everybody next week. I'm <laughs> reliving the extreme. Have a great week.